When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away, and will bring you back safely. The first snow of winter came on New Year's Eve, falling insistently over the town. By the time my husband and I counted in the new year, while listening to Abba's The Way Old Friends Do and sipping a little sparkling something, the snow had piled up six inches outside our door. So we decided to spend the first hours of 2022 shoveling snow. We put on our snow boots and extra pants, layered on the coats, hats, and gloves, and walked out into the shimmering night. Scraping and whispering so we wouldn't wake any neighbors, we cleared the sidewalk shovel by shovel. We were just finishing up the front walk when we heard tiny voices wildly singing. I put my hand on Ken's arm and we stood and listened. It was a happy song with many voices and they were coming closer. In the flurry of the storm, we saw a group of what I think were pixies weaving their way through the night, flying and singing into the new year. The teller for this episode is Barbara Schutzgruber, an award-winning storyteller of folktales, ballads, and personal stories of resilience. Barbara grew up hearing stories at family gatherings and has continued the storytelling tradition as a camp counselor, teacher, parent, freelance performer, and author. At the beginning of the year, we make plans and think about the future quite a bit, which made me think of this story from her CD, Ladies' Night Out. This is the first part of the story, The Forest. love stories. Stories catch our interest, spark our curiosity, bring us hope, and they challenge us. As we listen, we each bring something of ourselves into the story, and we each hear what we need to hear. Now, keeping that in mind, let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a girl who lived at the edge of a vast forest. At night, after the day's work, the adults sat together to tell their stories. The sound of muffled voices and laughter drifted through the air to the dark room where the girl slept, enticing her to quietly leave her bed and crouch unseen in the shadows and listen. 
Her favorite stories were about the forest, stories of those who entered in the light of day and those who were reckless and daring enough to brave the darkness of night. But as she listened, she was puzzled, for she heard no stories of those who entered the forest at the twilight hours, and that was when she heard the forest call. When she asked why this was so, those who went in the light of day said, because it was not safe. That was the time when those of the fairy realm walked the forest paths, moving in and out of shadow, speaking in whispered voices. And the ones of shadow were not to be trusted. They lure the gullible dreamers into their realm, and then they turn on them. For all those who went into the forest at the twilight hours, at dawn or dusk, the time when day meets night, the dream time, all had vanished forever. But those who were reckless and daring enough to brave the darkness of night took her aside, saying that, though the ones of shadow were not to be trusted, it was possible to gain safe passage during the twilight hours if you possessed something they wanted or you were able to prove to them that you were stronger. As the girl grew, she always slipped away at the twilight hours to secretly sit at the forest edge. And there she did see figures moving in and out of shadows and she heard whispered voices in the wind telling marvelous, fantastical stories and singing songs that were so bittersweet they brought tears to her eyes. When she was of age, she kissed her mother and father goodbye and set out to seek her fortune. She traveled across the sea to a distant land where she met a handsome youth who sat beside her. He was quiet and gentle, his eyes danced and his smile shone, and they became friends. But the wind carried the forest voices across the sea, calling to her, beckoning to her. And so it was she returned to her own land to sit once more at the forest edge and to listen. Now the handsome youth was also in search of adventure, he followed the girl across the sea, and at the forest edge they met again. This time when she saw his dancing eyes and heard his sweet voice and felt his touch which was so gentle, her heart ached with longing, and the fire of passion filled her, touching her very soul engulfing them both, and together they entered the forest. Together they explored paths in daylight and in darkness, until, one evening, the handsome youth entered the forest alone at the twilight and did not return, and the girl found herself at the forest edge, alone. Time passed. The girl, now a woman, continued to go into the forest, but only during the daylight hours. In the darkness, the forest was filled with strange night sounds, and she had no companion to encourage her when her heart wavered. She aimlessly wandered the paths alone, until, one day, she came upon a clearing in the forest. 
The air smelled of freshly cut wood, the sunlight touched and warmed the earth, the stars were visible at night. From this clearing, the woman could explore other paths that went deeper into the forest yet easily return before the twilight hours. And it was here she met a kind and gentle woodsman who offered her shelter and safety and love. And so they married, and she bore him children, and they spent their days working side by side, and at night the woodsman sat by the fire, silently carving intricate patterns and shapes, listening to the sound of the woman's voice, watching her face glow in the firelight, her eyes dancing as she rewove the story she had heard as a child. And he loved her. As the years passed, the woman's knowledge and understanding of the forest grew. The streams and plants, the smells, even the very trees themselves, becoming old friends. She even walked the forest paths alone at night, no longer afraid of the night sounds. But she always returned to the clearing, because the woodsman loved her. When she was self-absorbed and thoughtless, he loved her. When she fell ill, he cared for her until she was well, and he loved her. And when her heart grew restless, and she was drawn once more to the forest edge at the twilight, at dawn or dusk, to once again see those of the fairy realm, to listen to their songs, to hear their stories, he still loved her. The woodsman never saw the figures in the shadows. He did not hear whispered voices in the wind, but he knew his wife was drawn to the forest paths, and he loved her. When the winter clouds cover the Rocky Mountain tops, the Tommyknockers get to work, cutting out the softest and warmest comforters the world has ever known. You might think, these thick cloud blankets would dissipate once brought down to altitude, but they are guaranteed to hold together until the last spring thaw. For those who like it extra warm, Colorado Cloud Top Comforters can come electrified with a little late fall lightning. Colorado Cloud Top Comforters, 100% real clouds and comfort. This episode is also brought to you by the new Patreon supporters who are really charming. Jessica can charm the neighborhood cats. They bring her gifts sometimes, but also the news from across town. Jake can charm the squirrels from the fences, and now he knows where all the nuts are hidden. Chloe can charm the ravens from the sky, and they bring her shiny objects. Benjamin can charm the bees from the flowers, so he brings home the honey. This family is also generous supporters of storytelling, which is pretty cool. A big thank you to them and all the other patrons of the podcast. The group of pixies got closer. Their heads were uncovered, except for the cap of snow on their hair and ears. They would fly for a few feet and then bounce off the ground. They giggled and sang all the while, throwing snow at each other. It took a moment before one of them noticed us. Hey, happy new year! I smiled and waved, Happy New Year to you, too. Hey, would you like a wish? We'll give you a special power for mm, 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 five minutes. 
My husband and I looked at each other and said in unison, We want to fly. The pixies laughed, picked up snowballs, and started throwing them at us, then scampered and slid and flew off into the night. How rude, I said, until I felt something tapping me on the head. I looked up and realized my husband was floating. He offered me a hand up and we went into the air. We dusted snow off the tops of 30-foot pine trees, swept through the storm and around the streetlights. We scampered on roofs and danced on top of a chimney. The magic gradually faded as our time was up. We got lower and lower to the ground, and then we were once again leaving footprints in the new year. And now, for the second half of Barbara Shoots Gruber Telling, the forest. One day, the woman was in the forest and a knight came and sat beside her. She looked at his scars, some old, others not yet healed, and she watched him, curious, for even with his wounds he seemed at peace. He spoke in a sweet voice with dancing eyes and a smile that shone. Here was one who did see figures in the shadows, and he heard voices in the wind, and when he touched her, though only with his eyes, her heart ached with longing. All that day they strolled the forest paths together, and then the twilight came upon them. Daylight turned to shades of gray as mist rose in the forest, bringing with it the sounds of music and laughter. As it grew darker, they saw distant lights flickering through the trees. The trail of light and sound led them to a splendid manor, all aglow in torchlight. A banquet was in progress. They were welcomed and bid enter. Tapestries of spun gold and intricately carved wooden panels covered the walls, marble floors, crystal chandeliers, a fire burning in the great hearth. Exquisite linens dressed the tables. There was fine food, drink, music, laughter. And the woman in the night began to dance. They danced slowly at first, cautiously, uncertain of the steps and the rhythms of the dance. But as they danced, the music grew louder and the tempo faster. As they danced, the woman lost all memory of the woodsman, all memory of her children. As they danced, the hall around them began to spin, the colors and sounds to blur. There was only the music and the dance. As the morning sun began to peek through the branches, the woman looked about her and saw that it had all been a dream, an illusion, the spell of fairy glamour. The sweetness in the knight's voice was sickening now, his smile a sneer, his eyes did not dance, they were cold and dead. There was no splendid manor with marble floors and crystal chandeliers, only a ruined hovel, 
There was no banquet, only rotting leaves and moss and stagnant water. There was no music, only deafening silence. There was no fire burning in the great hearth, only coldness wrapping its claws around the woman, chilling her to the very bone. And it was then she heard the laughter. The laughter of those of the fairy realm, the ones who walk the forest paths in shadows and speak in whispered voices in the wind. Not knowing where she was or which way to turn, her mind filled with taunting voices, grotesque images, the woman began to run. She ran deeper and deeper into the forest, no thought as to where she was going, no idea as to which path to follow. Driven by the mocking laughter, her mind clouded with fog and mist, she stumbled to a halt at the edge of a precipice overlooking a bottomless gorge. The woman stood there, looking down into the void. A tingling sensation like tiny needles crept across the palms of her hand, the soles of her feet. Solid land, open space. She did not know where one ended and the other began. For a long time she stared into the nothingness as the shadowy figures watched and waited. And then... She heard the voices of her children calling to her. It was the voices of her children that reached deep within her, touching her heart, sweeping away the cobwebs from her mind. And the woman stepped away from the brink, turning her back to the precipice, and in so doing proved herself stronger than those of the fairy realm. Slowly, she made her way back through the forest, to the clearing, to home, to family, to rest. And the woodsman wrapped his arms around his wife and held her as she slept, and he loved her. But the forest still called to the woman, and so once again she entered this time knowing she need not fear the twilight hours, for she had seen those of the fairy realm in their true form, and that had changed her forever. As she walked the forest paths, she saw a cave in the rocks. Spiders, long undisturbed, had danced their way back and forth, spinning, weaving, sealing the entrance with a lacy curtain. The woman knew the old stories— the ones of shapeshifters, of creatures bewitched, and she was curious as to what might be held captive within. Taking a deep breath, she pulled back the veil and entered the cave. The damp smell of earth and stale air sucked the breath from her lungs. She groped forward, the dark walls closing in around her. In the farthest reaches of the cave was a shape. As her eyes adjusted to the darkness, she saw a great bear deep in sleep. Slowly, she moved closer, the warmth of his body reaching out, drawing her nearer. She watched him as he slept, his sides moving in and out as he breathed slowly, steadily. Cautiously, she stretched out her hand and touched him. 
His fur was so soft and thick. She stroked his head and back. She buried her face in the fur. He smelled of honey and wildflowers. And she kissed him, even while he slept. A sound came from deep within the bear's throat, and he stirred. Slowly he opened his eyes and moved drowsily toward the mouth of the cave. He moved as if in pain, his steps halting, awkward. As the woman followed, his appearance began to change. His limbs less furry, his face softer, more human, and he began to walk upright. At the mouth of the cave, the man-bear turned toward the woman, and the face she saw was not that of a stranger. Standing before her was the man her handsome youth had become. Each stared at the other in disbelief, then looked away, avoiding each other's eyes. What began as a stiff, awkward embrace melted into the familiar as the memories came flooding back. The woman looked deep into the eyes of the man-bear, and at that moment their hearts linked and the two were but one breath. But the spell over the man-bear was only half-broken, for as cold and uncomfortable as it was, the cave had been his den and sanctuary for many years, and he could not leave. And the forest then beckoned to the woman once more, and she went. She walked the winding paths of daylight and darkness, and in the twilight stood at a place where three paths diverged, one path leading towards the clearing and the woodsman, one path leading towards the cave and the man-bear, one path leading towards the unexplored parts of the forest. Each had much to offer, and each carried a price to be paid. For a long time she looked at the three paths. And then she chose. Stories bring us hope, and they challenge us. As we listen, we each bring something of ourselves into the story. We each hear what we need to hear. If it were you... Which path would you choose? Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Barbara Shoots Gruber at weavestory.com. Tell her you heard her on the podcast and now want to hear her tell more stories. We're in strange times for performing artists, but art is needed now more than ever. Go find your favorite tellers from the podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. If you have questions or comments for the podcast, send them to storystorypodcast at gmail.com. If you send us an email, let me know the favorite story you've heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The beautiful Brains Behind the Fairy Tale sponsor was The Thick 
clouds, and some tall tales that I've heard. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was that we really did go shovel snow that late or early in the morning. It was a lovely and magical time, even if maybe we didn't fly that high. The music is by Pottington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You'll hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door. And there, on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court.